At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World Podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I speak with wildlife and nature photographer Rylan Meadows. Rylan is 18 years old and he's been taking photographs for around three or four years. He also studies film and he has a very interesting portfolio. We talk about how he got into photography, what it's like being a young photographer, how to approach social media, and much more. Please enjoy. We have an amazing community at photographycourse.net where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, join photography contests, and much more. In our community, you'll also find a 52-week project that will provide you with weekly educational videos and challenges to help you improve your skills on a regular basis. This is an amazing opportunity for you to not only enhance your skills, but also grow your network and have a wholesome experience as a photographer. We're so inspired by the amazing photographs that our members post every day. When you join our community, you'll be able to make new friends and share your progress with a passionate group of people. None of this would be possible without our members' support, so we're very grateful. In order to keep things running, we're offering exclusive membership plans that will give you access to every part of our community and our premium courses. Use the discount code GREATBIGPHOTOGRAPHYWORLD to get 50% off your first year as a member. Go to photographycourse.net slash join and use the code GREATBIGPHOTOGRAPHYWORLD without any spaces to claim your discount. Hi, Rylan. Welcome to Great Big Photography World Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm Rylan Meadows, and I'm a photographer from Kentucky. Very cool. I think that you have such a diverse portfolio. It's actually more diverse than compared to other photographers. You have family portraits and wildlife and just a bunch of different genres that you specialize in, and I'd love to talk more about that later. And... Yeah, let's start with camera equipment. What camera equipment do you use? So currently my primary camera body is a Nikon Z9. 
I have a variety of lenses that go with that. I have a 24 to 70, 2.8. I have a 70 to 200, 2.8. 14 to 24, 2.8. And then I also have a 200 to 500 millimeter, which is great for uh, wildlife photography. Very cool. So much equipment. And what was the first camera that you got? And what was the first lens that you got? The very first camera that I got, as well as the lens, was actually the Nikon D3500 like beginner kit. So that came with the 18 to 55 millimeter lens, as well as the 70 to 300 millimeter which kind of got me into all sorts of different niches of photography because uh, 18 to 300 millimeters is a pretty wide range. And what was it like for you to get into photography initially? How did you, how were you exposed to the world of photography in the first place? I'd always really loved being out in nature and I just wanted to kind of begin to photograph that and capture what I was seeing when I would go out, out on a hike or just like outside. And so I looked into investing in a camera body and a lens, something, you know, besides my phone that would be better quality, just kind of capture what I was seeing. Very interesting. And did you have any specific inspirations at the time, any photographers that you followed that gave you an even bigger boost of inspiration? Honestly, at the time, no, I didn't. I didn't really pay as much attention to many to many photographers in the industry until I'd actually invested in the camera and I wanted to get more serious about it. And then I kind of drew inspiration once I had a camera from other photographers in the industry. That's so interesting. So that was an intrinsic motivation. You know, you didn't need any like external inspiration from anyone to dive into photography. It's fascinating. And when you first got into it, what was the thing that you struggled with the most as a beginner in photography? Um, I think I struggled with the most, like just kind of learning, you know, I wanted to try to be able to do everything all at once. You know, I wanted to learn composition. I wanted to learn uh, the exposure triangle. I was just trying to do a little bit of everything when in reality I needed to be focusing on one specific thing. So it was really difficult for me to kind of narrow that down and just say, okay, I'm going to learn this today, this next, then this next. Uh, I was just trying to do a little bit of everything. Yeah. I think everybody struggles with this. It's so overwhelming at first. And even when you do have some experience and you discover a new technique or a new genre, it can feel very intimidating, but it does help to take things slowly, which is difficult because I think many people are impatient, including myself. Yeah, definitely. You recently published your first photography book with stories about your photographs. Please tell me more about it and where people can find it. Yes, I worked so hard on this book. It's titled To You From Me. There's about seven chapters, including the introduction and conclusion. It's it's basically just all of my best photos throughout my career. I've been doing photography since I was about 14, 15, and now I'm 18, um, getting close to turning 19. So there's just like a variety of landscape photos, wildlife photos. And the great thing about it is I, I have been very fortunate in my life to be able to travel a lot. So all of those photos aren't just like based out of Kentucky. You know, there's photos from the Bahamas. There's photos from Montana. There's photos from Nevada, Arizona. There's so many like beautiful locations in the book. Uh, it's crazy. I've been very fortunate to be able to travel all over. And the fact that I've compiled years of my work into one book and it's all in one place with the stories of how I captured those images is, is just crazy to me. And so it was just so much fun to put that book together. That's really exciting. Congratulations. I'm sure that it's so it's something that you're very proud of. I can imagine how much time you put into that. It's not easy to put something like that together to figure out where you'll put certain images and what you'll say about them. I'm sure it took hours and hours and hours of work. And I think there's a big difference between making your own book uh, related to photography and publishing your photos online, like in a portfolio, let's say. There's just something magical about having a physical book in your hands, right? 
Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, I post to social media a lot, but there's nothing really like being able to go onto Amazon and like order my book and then actually holding it and just flipping through the pages and reading the stories and like, you know, seeing the photos up close, being able to like touch it on the paper. It's just, it's a totally different ball game than checking your images online. Definitely. And are there any, were there any tools that you use to write your book that could help other photographers who want to publish their own photography books? Yeah. So I'd actually written a book before to you from me, but it was never like officially published with an ISBN or anything. So I did have experience and kind of knew like the softwares to go about and use. So Blurb is a very popular site for photographers who are creating their books. So although I published my book through KDP on Amazon, I actually still use the tools that Blurb offers. Blurb has an excellent software to write books, which is called BookRite. And I use that to design and format my entire book. And then you're able to just go in onto Blurb and purchase your final PDF copy of that. And then I ended up uploading it to Amazon's book writing software. And it worked great. It was versatile. Everything transferred perfectly. Yeah, I think when people think about publishing their own books, the first fear that appears in front of them is the whole technical side of things. For me as well, I often worry about how my images will translate from one platform to the next and how everything will look in printed form. And I think a lot of people experience technical issues when it comes to that part of the process. But the tools that you shared seem to be very helpful. And so, yeah, thank you for your recommendation. I've had some experience with the Kindle Direct Publishing and it's been great for me as well. So I also recommend it. Yeah, I love it. Speaking of social media, which you just mentioned, uh, in your opinion, which platform has the most potential for photographers? Well, I use a variety of, you know, social media platforms and I'm pretty active on all of them. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I think they all definitely have their own advantages. Uh, They also obviously represent their own disadvantages as well. In my experience, I think I reached the widest audience on Instagram. And that could be because it's like where I have like my largest following as well. I have more followers on Instagram than I have on YouTube and Facebook and TikTok combined. So I definitely have a, my widest reach on Instagram. And, you know, Instagram used to be like created. I know this has been like a very popular topic, but Instagram used to be like photo centric. Like everything about Instagram was like centered towards photography. And now they've kind of moved into the more video side of things, which is OK. You know, I've learned to adapt. And that's something that we have to do in this industry all the time. I definitely feel like I reach the most people through Instagram reels. You know, I've had a decent amount of success on TikTok and YouTube as well with videos. But I just feel like the most potential for photographers overall, although it's constantly changing and it's changed a lot from when it originally came out, I think Instagram is going to provide you with the most potential for that. Very interesting. I think definitely every platform has its own advantages and disadvantages, as you just said. And I like what you said about adapting. I think that's important especially if you want to become a professional in the industry, then it's really important to know how to adapt to all these trends and to all these changes on social media. When it comes to TikTok, you produce a lot of videos that help photographers. And you, as you just mentioned, you do get quite a lot of attention there as well. What advice would you give to photographers who want to produce video-related content for platforms like TikTok and Instagram? You know, hop on the trends. Uh, I don't necessarily hop on the trends as much on Instagram, but on TikTok, I'm trying to just kind of reach anybody, not necessarily just like photographers. You know, I want people to kind of see me there and then become interested in me, go to my profile and then actually check out my work. 
So uh, I try to reach the widest uh, audience on TikTok, although typically I usually do reach more people on Instagram, which is great. But definitely hop on those TikTok trends. You know, if there's a popular audio, pop on that and relate it to your niche. There, there can be a lot of different popular audios, and I like to use those and kind of relate them back to photography through humor and through education-wise. You know, you just kind of got to know how to hop on that. It can be difficult, but I just, uh, like, like we were talking about, you just got to adapt. Um, for Instagram, I like to go out in the field and film like a little short video of me holding up my camera towards the video, and then I'll like cut that and pair it with a photo that I've taken out in the field at another time, and I'll be like, I recently photographed this beautiful bird and then I'll be like, check it out. And then it'll cut to that. So uh, you just kind of got to learn what you want to promote on what platform. And it can be difficult, but once you figure it out and you get like a rhythm going, it's great. Yeah, it's a different way to be creative and it forces you to think differently about the way that you photograph. As you said, you have to film yourself sometimes taking photos and it's just a different perspective. And do you film yourself using your smartphone? No, I was actually using for for the well for TikTok. Yeah, I'm primarily using my smartphone. Like if I'm hopping on like an audio or something or a trend on TikTok, yeah, I'm going to be using my smartphone. But I mentioned for reels where I would go out in the field and like point my camera up at the video screen. For that, I was using a Canon M50, which is what I use for my YouTube channel. But I recently just sold that and invested in a Nikon Z30 that actually gets here this week, so I'm really excited. Wow, that's very exciting. Congratulations. That's always a good boost of motivation for, for any photographer. Yeah. You wrote an article for Petapixel a while ago, and in that article you mentioned that there's more to wildlife equipment than camera gear, like camouflage, for example. What else should wildlife photographers bring with them to a shoot? Yeah, so I would honestly argue that a lot of the times camera equipment is like down on the totem pole when it comes to wildlife photography there are a lot of important things that you're going to need out there that aren't like just a lens and a camera a really good one of those is camouflage you know and it can't just be like stereotypical camo you know like you have to blend into your environment so like if you're in like antarctica or something you're not going to go out and buy like green and brown camo you know you're going to want arctic camo with like a lot of white and snow and then some like uh, other like sticks and stuff that make you blend into your environment. Like camouflage is so important, regardless where you are. Something else that's really good is bug spray. I cannot tell you how many times I've been out in the field and I've just been pestered with not even just mosquitoes, but like other bugs that just swarm around me, you know, flies. And it's really annoying, especially on a hot day. If you're like, you know, you're out there and you're like camouflaged, you're in like a ghillie suit or something and like the bugs are just swarming you and like you're sweating. It, it's just miserable. Uh, that also protects you from ticks, you know, just bug spray, camouflage. There's other things that are important as well. You know, it's nice to keep a water with you, stay hydrated. A good tripod is really important, which is technically camera equipment, but you know, it's not a camera and a lens. Good tips. Bug spray is definitely important in the summer, especially. And mosquitoes are pests indeed, but there are more to insects than mosquitoes, definitely. And yeah, it's very challenging, I think, to be a wildlife photographer. You have to be aware of so many different things, not just the photography side of things, but how you feel and what you are surrounded by. What is the craziest experience that you've had so far while taking photographs of wildlife? Ooh, that's a good question. I've had a lot of pretty you know, intense experiences. The one that comes to mind though, when you ask me that is probably in Tennessee. I was in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park at Cades Cove and I had 
an insane close-up encounter. I was in my car, thankfully, but it was like just feet outside my car. There was a black bear with her three cubs. And it was, they were so close and it would have been so dangerous if I was out of my car. So definitely make sure that like, you know what you're doing. If you're like photographing wildlife, like learn about your subject. Like it would have been stupid for me to get out of my car to try to get a picture of them. I mean, they were just like five to 10 feet from the car. So it was great for photography. Uh, so just know your subject. But I mean, that was such an intense and exciting moment. Like when, when you're dealing in the, when you're out in the field dealing with animals like that, and you're like really passionate about what you're doing. The adrenaline that comes along with that is just insane. And that was that was a crazy experience. I can imagine. Wow. Very scary, but also very interesting. And I'm glad you were safe in that environment. And yeah, definitely getting out of the car wouldn't have been a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you still got some good shots from your car. Yes, definitely. Our online photography community is a place where you can grow your skills and learn something new every single day. If you want to join conversations like this one and connect with like-minded photographers from across the world, you're in the perfect place. We have a special discount code for our podcast listeners. We're offering 50% off your first year as an extraordinary or limitless member. Go to photographycourse.net slash join to claim your discount with the code greatbigphotographyworld. Being a young photographer can be a little intimidating, and I know this because when I started out as a hobbyist, I found that people didn't take me as seriously as I wanted them to. Have you had a similar experience, and what advice would you give to people who are struggling with this? Good question. You know, coming into this industry at 15, there was definitely like a lot of people that didn't take me that seriously, which was fine. You know, when I when I initially entered the industry back in like 2018, 2019, I wasn't that good. You know, I wasn't trying to be professional or anything. I had a lot to learn, uh, which I was well aware of that. So it, it didn't bother me when people didn't take me that seriously. But now that I am experienced and I do have like a pretty large following and I know what I'm doing, uh, there can still be people that don't take me seriously. I mean, I think looking at my age, a lot of people are like, why would I choose an 18 year old photographer who's been doing this for like three, four, five years when I could go pick a 50-year-old photographer that's been doing this for 30. And it's like, you can't really argue with that logic. But just because I've been doing this for five years doesn't mean I don't have just as much skill and talent as somebody that's been doing it for 30. You know, somebody could start today and be better than me in a year. You know, there's, it's a constantly adapting industry. And if you're not adapting to your surroundings, you know, it, it can be it can be difficult to kind of rise up and have a certain level of success <laughs> to anyone who is young entering the industry. It's definitely important to practice. Practice makes perfect. You, you just got to kind of block out the haters. You know, there's going to be a lot of people that say, well, you're not good enough to be doing this. You're too young. You're not experienced enough. You know, just just ignore that and just keep doing your thing. And if you keep doing your thing and you practice and you just practice and practice, you're going to succeed. And so, you know, just just block out the haters. That's going to be my best advice, I think. Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialise in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. 
I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Great advice. And people who don't believe in you, they shouldn't be your clients in the first place because they're just going to bring you down. So it's important to find people who believe in you and who don't care about your age or your level of experience. They just focus on the quality of your work and the story. Exactly. Photographs. Yeah, I think that's the most important part. And yeah, people are always going to have opinions. If you started out very late in your journey, let's say if you were a 50 year old photographer, people would say, oh, you're you're too old for photography. Maybe some people would say that. So I don't think age matters that much, but thank you for that perspective. Uh, hopefully it will help somebody who is maybe going through something similar. You take very good photographs of the moon specifically. What are the best camera settings for this type of photography? Oh, thank you. First off, you know, it, it depends on like what kind of phase the moon is in or like if there's like a special occurrence, like an eclipse. So I can kind of talk a little bit about all of it. If it's a full moon, you're going to want, well, first off, I always shoot with a low eye, so like as much as possible. And if you're shooting the moon, I recommend shooting from a tripod so I can shoot with a low eye. So and then if necessary, I can always bring my shutter speed like as low as I need it in all reality, assuming the moon isn't really moving that much. You know, you can only get so low before you're going to capture movement in the actual moon. Obviously, shoot on a tripod. I like to shoot around f8, so I'm getting pretty much the entire body of the moon pretty sharp and in focus. And then you just kind of kind of adjust your shutter speed, you know, just based on how bright the moon is. Some nights it's going to be brighter than others, depending on the phases. When you're photographing an eclipse, this can be especially difficult. It's something that I struggle with even now because it's not like you can just go out every night and practice photographing an eclipse. Like there's only, there's only so many of those that you get in your life. So, uh, you just got to kind of play it by ear. A lot of the times during the eclipse, I still do keep my F stop at around F eight, but I'm bringing up my ISO quite a bit higher than like ISO 100, ISO 250. It's going to be pretty high because if your shutter speed goes really low in a, like during an eclipse, you're going to capture a lot of movement and a lot of motion blur. And it's just, it doesn't look good. So during an eclipse, I like to keep my shutter speed at around one two hundredth which can be challenging because the moon gets really dark during an eclipse i feel like a lot of people don't realize that because they see photos and the moon is just like so bright and red in our reality when you're looking at that with your eye it's actually like a really dark red and it's like not barely visible to the eye but like you have to concentrate to see it uh i think that's something a lot of people don't realize because a lot of people aren't up it four in the morning to go outside and look at it but photographers we we're out there we're capturing it so everyone can enjoy it but it can definitely be challenging there's a lot of great tutorials on youtube that can teach people a lot about that fascinating thank you for the advice and yeah i didn't know that myself it's uh when you see photographs you get a certain idea of how a photographer took them but if you were not in the same situation then it's very difficult to imagine that it could have looked different like it could have been darker as you just said so that's very interesting I want to go back to what we were talking about in relation to social media. Uh, since you are active on so many different platforms, I'm curious to know how you balance everything. Do you have a structure for posting or do you just go with what you're feeling in the moment? And how do you avoid burnout? Oh, <laughs> this is a difficult topic for me because I hardly ever have like a strategy, you know, like 
I just I kind of do what I feel in the moment, which is terrible. I don't recommend it. I don't recommend doing that at all. You know, there could be a day where I'll like post like six TikToks, so the next day I'll post like one or zero. It's crazy in terms of balance. I have no balance. <laughs> it, it's crazy. Um, I try to post on YouTube once every Friday, so that's that's a fair balance. And I'm just getting back into that because you know I've been at school. I've not been focusing on social media as much as I typically do during like winter break and summer break. And then in terms of Instagram, I try to post a reel every single weekday. Um, and then I usually try to post a reel on Saturday and I just kind of take a break from everything on Sunday. I have a nice little morning routine where it's like I wake up, I drink my coffee, I work out, I answer emails, and then I try to post on social media. So that's like my little routine. If you can get a routine going and kind of get a pattern, like I'm going to post this many TikToks every single day. I'm going to post this many things on Instagram every single day. I'm going to post on YouTube this day this day and this day. It's great to have a routine. I should have a routine. I, I just kind of wing it most days, if I'm being honest. Well, I think having a routine is already good enough. And if that's all a photographer has when it comes to social media, then that can be good enough because at least you have a certain time of day that you look forward to to post on social, social media and you're not constantly checking your socials. Um, that's much healthier, I think, than checking all the time. Totally agree. If social media didn't exist, do you think your your relationship with photography would change in some way? You know, I think it would definitely change. Uh, it would definitely be harder for my work to get out there for people to see. It's hard to judge how it would change, like in my mind, because like my entire life, especially my entire photography career, I can't really imagine like a world without social media, which is crazy because like it's a fairly new thing, you know, like just in the last 10 years, it's really evolved. But like what I can remember, like there's always been Facebook or Instagram or some form of social media. Granted, TikTok is pretty new. I can remember when TikTok came out. It's interesting to think about. I like to think I would still be taking pictures because in my mind, I'm taking pictures for myself. I'm not taking it for any sort of recognition. It, it's just an added bonus that people like my photos and want to pay me for them. You know, it, it's great. I think I would be going out and kind of networking more face-to-face. -face. I feel like I would be doing some festivals. I feel like I would be printing my work more. That's something I don't do enough. I don't print my work enough. Granted, I have a, a print shop. I just wrote a book, which obviously has my photos printed. But, you know, so much of what I do is like purely digital. It's weird to think about that not being possible. Yeah, I also think about this. And like you, I've always been on social media since the beginning of my photography journey. For me, it was Facebook initially, and then Instagram, and then all the other platforms. And it's very difficult for me to imagine my life without the whole process of uploading a photograph and writing a description. You know, that's just a part of many photographers' lifestyles. And so it's a question that I ask myself often. So it's just something random I wanted to ask you as well to see your opinion. So thank you for sharing. Of course. Your website also features photos of people. What tips would you give to people who want to take better portraits? You know, portraits is something that I'm always kind of trying to get better at because it's not necessarily my speciality. But when I'm in this industry, you know, I'm trying to make like a nice income for a college student right now. And eventually I'm hoping to be able to like create an income professionally. So portrait photography is definitely like the best way to create an income for yourself. When it comes to tips, definitely just kind of see what other photographers are doing, not necessarily in your area. And I'm not saying go and like copy another photographer, 
just kind of like check out their techniques like e squared photography they have a lot of like different courses and stuff and they have a great youtube channel it's just very instructional on learning how to pose that's probably the most important advice i think that i can give you learn how to pose it's something i'm still learning all the time like check instagram check pinterest check youtube there's great posing tutorials it can be very tricky in the beginning i still struggle with it and i've been doing portraits for two or three years so uh you know just just learn you know it's all a learning process photography in general you're always improving you should always be adapting so just learn to pose is going to be my best tip i think it's also important to not let fear get in the way because despite the fact that you said that you're still not completely an expert at portrait photography you still offer those services to clients and i think that's great because it gives you experience also gives you that nice confidence boost while you're taking photos of people i think some photographers might be scared of doing that because they feel like they would be maybe not experienced enough for a certain shoot and then they would shy away from offering their services so i think it's more important to overcome fear than to let it take over your career I totally agree. Like you can't let fear control you, especially in this industry. When you guide your models, uh, when it comes to poses, especially, do you show them something visual to give them an idea of how to pose or do you just give them instructions? I definitely try to show them something visual, like as much as possible, especially if I'm like trying to do a pose that's very similar to another photographer or like another model, or even if it's exact like to another photographer or model, there's no shame in like copying a pose. Like, you don't have to be embarrassed about that. Don't recommend editing in the same way or like shooting at the exact same location along with the photographer's pose because then they could argue that you're copying them and you would be if you did that. But there's no shame in copying a pose. I like to show uh, my models photos from Instagram or photos from Pinterest or photos from YouTube that I've screenshotted. It makes it easier for the model to pose and it makes my life easier because I'm not trying to explain move your foot here, move your arm here. Let's relax those fingers. I can just kind of show them a picture and it works great. Yeah, that's a great method. And I completely agree with you. I don't think anyone can copy a pose unless it's very unique. <laughs> but most poses, anyone can copy. It's, it's not necessarily stealing. It's just inspiration and, and guidelines. If you could meet your future self now, what photography-related question would you ask him? Ooh, this is a really good question. Uh, I feel like I would just ask myself if I learned how to like travel like professionally, because something that I really want to be able to do like once I graduate college is to be able to sustain an income to where I can just like travel the world while taking pictures. That's like so cliche, but it's like such a big dream of mine. I would love to just travel like all the time taking pictures. That's like such a big dream of mine. So I would just ask myself if I ever figured out how to do that, if I ever made that possible for me. I hope that does become a possibility for you. And even though a lot of people say it's cliche, it's something that many photographers, many people dream of, including myself. A lot of people want to travel and take photos of different locations. So I think it's a very worthy goal to have. And yeah, I, I hope that you're able to achieve this dream. By the way, what are you studying right now? Thank you. Um, I'm studying media and communications with an emphasis in film production and television production. That's a mouthful. Um, I'm studying at Asbury University. So it's it's like one of the best uh, schools for media in the area. So it's kind of helping me not just expand my knowledge in photography, but also videography, which is really great for this industry because everything is becoming so video centric right now. It's it's great to have that versatility. Very interesting. Yeah, I think it's important to have a variety of skills, especially if you want to turn your photography into prof into a profession. 
Is there anything specific you've learned during this uh, course that has helped you as a photographer? You know, I I am just going to be like a sophomore next year, technically a junior, but I, I've learned a decent amount. A lot of it's been more like kind of history of film and stuff, as well as like compositional techniques and stuff. I have learned a, a decent amount more about composition. You know, I've learned, I was self-taught about the rule of space and the rule of thirds, but I, there's definitely some things that I've learned in college that's definitely helped improve my photography, I think. And so in the future, you would like to expand your portfolio, right? Add more videos to it. Yeah, that's definitely something that I would like to do in the near future. And what kind of videos would you like to create? Something related to wildlife or maybe films? What would it be? I have a go. I'd like to do a short film in a few years. I'm not really sure what it's going to be about yet. Of course, I'm always, I, I love to be out in the field with wildlife. So I would love to do something with wildlife as well. Some sort of a documentary on an animal. I think would be really fun to kind of film and produce. And then also I would, I would love to do some sort of a video for like a tourism agency, like travel somewhere and just like shoot a video of like a town and like what it has to offer. I think that would be something that's really fun. Yeah, that would be very fun. I imagine. Yeah. For anyone who loves traveling, that's probably their dream job, right? Just to travel and try different foods and make videos and help the company grow. It's yeah, it's great. You have a variety of pricing packages available from wedding photography to mini sessions, and they're all priced differently. Which package is the most popular and how do you go about pricing your shoots? I think the package I have that's probably the most popular is senior portraits. I tend to do more senior portraits than anything. In terms of pricing, you just kind of have to know your skill level. But not just that, it's kind of important to know your target audience. And a lot of that is based on your location. You know, I live in eastern Kentucky, which isn't like the wealthiest part of the world so like what i'm charging here has to be realistic as in if i was in like new york city i would be charging something entirely different which can be kind of difficult to kind of cope with especially if you think that you should be charging more i'm happy with what i'm charging now i actually just updated my pricing about a week ago and kind of upped everything and changed some things around with my packages so i'm very pleased with what i'm charging right now i think it's great for the area i'm in as well as perfect for the skill level that I'm at. I'm very comfortable with saying, well, I think I deserve this much money for this, which is something that I think everyone's going to struggle with at the beginning. So you just kind of got to learn your audience as well as like, how good are you as a photographer? Like, are, is someone going to want to pay this much money for you to take their photos? I wouldn't I wouldn't say go out and start doing like family portrait sessions for $25. Like regardless of where you're at, like at least start charging like $100 for like family portraits. That can be relatively cheap because family portraits are a lot of work. But, you, you know, to build your portfolio, I recommend charging at least $100, even though like even if you have zero experience, like, of course, learn before. Like, don't just go out there with your camera and just be like, hey, I want $100. I'm going to snap some pictures really quick. Like, learn what you're going to do. But like in order to expand your portfolio, I don't recommend just going out and doing a bunch of work for free. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think it's also important to remember that you can always change your prices. As you just said, you recently changed your pricing packages. And so there's that freedom of doing that. So if something doesn't work, you can always try something different. Just don't be discouraged by it. Exactly. You know, if your prices are too high, you can always lower them. If you're not getting enough business or if they're too low and you're getting too much business, you can always raise them as well. So there's definitely a balance to find there. Exactly. And 
Where you live, are there a lot of photographers like you who specialize in what you do, or do you find that you, there aren't that many photographers in your area? There are actually a lot of photographers in my area, which can be frustrating. There's not necessarily a variety that specialize in like nature photography. Like I would consider my speciality like landscapes, wildlife, and travel. Of course, I love doing portraits and stuff as well. And like I feel like I'm pretty good at that in my area. I'm like one of the better photographers for portrait photography. But there's it's a sat it's definitely a saturated area, which is strange because I'm in a small town in eastern Kentucky. So it's really strange that there's so many photographers here. I mean, it's great for like networking, but it can be frustrating from a business aspect when like people have so many choices to choose from. They could like easily go to somebody besides yourself. That's very true. But when it comes to the community side of things, do you feel that you have some people that you can get inspiration from that you can meet up with uh, photographers? I mean. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's a lot of photographers in my area that I think would definitely be willing to, you know, go out and shoot with them. Uh, I think there's like a lot of fun and a lot of learning experiences to be had. That's interesting. Yeah, because I when you mentioned uh, Kentucky and the, the, it's not the wealthiest area in the world, so I assumed that it was a small town. And there weren't many photographers. So that's why I asked those questions. But I'm surprised to know that there are many photographers. I understand that it can be frustrating from a business perspective but at the same time i think it's nice to have photographers that you can meet up with and lean on and can take away that feeling of loneliness that i know a lot of photographers experience in very small areas i have one more question for you and that is what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world you know i would i think one of my biggest goals in my career is to just have some sort of collaboration with national geographic i would love I know that sounds really cliche as well, but I would just love to do some sort of assignment for Nat Geo, which is very hard. Or even like just if one of my photos was like somehow acknowledged and like posted on their Instagram or like in one of their magazines. That's just like such a huge dream of mine. I would love to do something with Nat Geo. It's really exciting. I think they're making such a huge impact on the photography industry and in other industries. And it's, it's amazing what they're doing and what their photographers are doing. So I hope that you are able to collaborate with them in some way. You're already taking such beautiful photographs of nature and wildlife, so I'm sure that they would be interested in working with you. And thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your experience with the listeners and with me. It was very interesting to find out about your shooting methods and how you got into photography. And I wish you the very best with your photography journey. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you learned something new. I think it's very interesting to have different people on the podcast, different ages, different backgrounds. I truly believe we can learn a lot from one another, regardless of our differences. And I'm very happy that I had the chance to speak with Rylan. If you have any questions for Rylan, or if you just want to share your thoughts on these episodes with us, make sure to join our online photography community. There's a link to it in the description. Thank you once again, and I'll see you next week. Our photography community wouldn't be what it is without its amazing members. We're working on many exciting projects and have lots of great perks waiting to be discovered by you. For a small monthly fee, you'll receive all kinds of perks. If you join as an extraordinary member, you'll get an ad-free experience, access to every subforum, access to our 52-week project, the ability to connect with all of our members, and more. As a Limitless member, you'll get all of the perks that I just mentioned and access to all of our premium courses and Lightroom presets. This is the perfect opportunity for anybody who wants to elevate their skills without paying thousands of dollars for courses. 
We're sure that you'll love being a part of our community if you're a fan of this podcast. In addition to meeting new people, you'll learn something new about photography every day, which will help you improve quickly. It's also much more fun to take photographs when you have a group of amazing photographers supporting you. Go to photographycourse.net to find out more and to get 50% off your first year as a member. We can't wait to see you in our community. And again, just as a reminder, go to photographycourse.net slash join to claim your discount with the code GREATBIGPHOTOGRAPHYWORLD. We can't wait to see you there. There's a simple reason why photographycourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.